Hi, welcome to The Church Split. My name is Will, and you guys know what we do here. We help you escape your church's echo chamber and maybe even discuss some things that most churches and most people want to shy away from when we try to help you think biblically on these things. And if nothing else, maybe we can learn something. So anyway, guys, today is a, a, is a difficult episode. It's an episode I didn't want to do. It's an episode I didn't look forward to doing once I realized I was going to have to. And then what happened is I shot this on Christmas Eve originally, and then uh, more information came to light, so I do, I now am, I'm here reshooting. So sorry for those who have been waiting for this episode to come out, and it hasn't come out yet. It's because I had to reshoot once I got new information. And you guys know how we do here. We try to be as accurate as possible. Uh, we try to leave room for error, but at the same time, we want to make sure we are being accurate. So of course, today I wanted to talk about Ravi Zacharias and the news of him uh, coming out. For those who do not know, he has been found guilty uh, of sexual misconduct. Uh, there's been a lot of evidence that apparently has come out. The rest of the investigation is going to be finished in January, February, and I think a lot more evidence is going to come forward there. Um, RZIM, uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, did actually, they were the ones who chose to have this fully investigated. So I think that's actually something that's important because certain people are like, oh man, can I, we even trust RZIM anymore? Judging by the statements from people at RZIM, they have desired a certain amount of transparency. Uh, they did choose for this to be investigated, so I think we can give them some grace there. But what, what what's alarming to me is that apparently in 2017, there was a uh, there was an accusation brought up, and then the family uh, had an NDA, uh, non-disclosure agreement, with them, which is not usually good. That's actually usually right. That I would say that's counter to the spirit of Christ. You know, we're going to shut it down. You know, don't disclose anything. Usually means hush money, and it just gets a little, it gets shady. So, uh, what's hard about this situation for me is many of you guys know. So, let me just back up a second. Uh, Ravi was a personal hero for me. Okay, uh, when I first started pastoring and starting to get out of fundamentalism. He was one of the first speakers I ever heard, and he's the one who got me down the apologetics line. Like I was like, "What is this? This makes sense. This is awesome. Uh, there's some powerful stories here, powerful um, thinking here." And then I just jumped down. I mean, that's when I started finding people like William Lane Craig, Frank Turek, Gary Habermas, and all these others. And uh, Ravi was my gateway to that, uh, mainly because he's probably the world's well-known, most well-known apologist. Which is actually kind of funny when you look at it, because he only really approached a few topics, especially the moral argument. And you know, he. Was was just a very good orator. So he was able to communicate thoroughly. He was able to communicate well. And it made people just instantly kind of connect with him in that sense. So as someone who personally looked up to his ministry, and a lot of people are ZIM, uh, another great, uh, you know, obviously, may he rest in peace. But, you know, if you haven't looked up uh, seeking Allah and finding Jesus, uh, you need to. It's fantastic. But the thing is that we're dealing with here is someone who in their entire public ministry for like 40 years what seemed like to be squeaky clean, seemed to live up to it, but then come to find out there's a monster behind the door. And what happens is that now we Christians are going, okay, this monster's come out from underneath the carpet, skeletons popping out of the closets. Uh, what do we do? What do we do with this? Because, you know, uh, I did a, uh, an episode just remembering Ravi, essentially. A lot of apologists and a lot of Christian channels did it back then, too. And it was just us saying, hey, you know, this was a man that we looked up to, and thank you for living a godly life. And of course, uh, mankind always fails. And that is what we're going to discuss today a little bit. And I want to... so. I can't comment on too much with him personally, because one of the other things that complicates the situation is that he's dead. 
you know, he's already passed away. So there's so many questions that comes up, right? Like, hey, was he a fraud the entire time? And he was just using his, his ability to orate and reason with people as a way to deceive the masses to make money and gain freedom and get go on these lofty places. Uh, or was this a temptation that he's always had? He always struggled with sexual temptation. Once he became famous and gained prestige, that temptation could become a reality. Or is it this whole thing where perhaps it's like a King David situation where you know he truly did uh, seek God in many ways, but also had this horrible demon that he couldn't overcome? Or was he just a chief manipulator in every way, shape, or form? And of course, the other, other question is, why are we just hearing about it now? And it's hard when it sees past because you know it's hard to bring an accusation against somebody when they have nothing that they can say in return. Now, granted, that doesn't stop us from the truth. And that's one of the things we need to discuss as well. So we shouldn't shy away from the truth of this. Um, I see a lot of Christians, because he is dead, uh, he has passed away, being like, well, we shouldn't even investigate it. Well, that isn't true. In fact, even Ravi always spoke about the truth is unchanging, it's unbending, and all of this. Um, so we can't ignore this either. I just find it funny that it's like, well, his own words are kind of being used against him here, which is good, because we need transparency with this sort of thing. It hurts the church when, when, the, when it's not and when we, things are brushed under the rug. I mean, think about uh, the Catholic Church, the things, all, the, all the scandals that have happened there. Uh, it's not helpful. And so this comes down to a simple thing first. So we don't know why with Ravi. We just know the biggest why is sin, but we don't know all the intricacies. And I, honestly, I don't think we need to. But unfortunately, this has kind of become a hot piece of gossip, so I want to try to handle this properly, and I want to try to handle this with a little bit of care. And so please understand the fact that I am dancing on eggshells with this, because no matter which way you go with this, someone's going to try to crucify you. Uh, and so the first thing I want to address is don't idolize people. You know, It's okay to look up to people. It's okay to go, you know, I appreciate that person's ministry. That person has ministered to me in a powerful way, and it, he has impacted my heart for the gospel. But the thing is, is that it can't be the person. You can't idolize people. Sometimes the reality of facing the truth is difficult when you've looked up to someone, so you want to create excuses for them. But you can't do that. I've, I've looked up to many people, and many people have let me down. I know people have looked up to me, and I've let them down. This is going to happen. And some people fail abysmally, okay? So other people are so quick also to condemn the entire ministry of RZIM and the entire staff and all that because of this misconduct, but I don't think that's fair to them either because you can't, I very much do not believe that you should punish the masses for the deed of an individual. And just because this individual miserably behaved, was irresponsible, and many horrible things does not mean suddenly we should just throw all the baby out with the bathwater. A lot of good things have come through RZIM. Um, they might want to consider a name change, though, after this. Just, you might want to consider that. Come up with a different name. Just, yeah. Anyway, um, but here's the thing. Uh, one of the things I wanted to think about was his family, okay? So think about the, so when we think of victims in this, obviously this is the victims of those who were abused and assaulted or uh, propositioned by Ravi. And then there's the people that are the other victims, which are his family. And Lord only knows how what they all knew, right? So it seems like the family's kind of surprised, but at the same time with the NDA a couple years ago, I'm sure some people have known something about what's going on. But either way, it's hard to say. So what we need to do is we need to just be in prayer for the family and be careful what you say, because what you're saying online, the family can't see, you know, people are going to hear it. And so let's just try to show the fact that we can have some conduct, some decent conduct here to handle this information responsibly. We can con absolutely condemn the behavior. We can support the victims, but then also not 
make the family feel worse than what they probably already do right now. And I think that we, that's what we need to keep thinking about. Because this, I can imagine if the, some of the family found out through this story, like they didn't even know beforehand and they never even had a chance to talk with him and work it out directly with him, that this would be a huge blow. And so we need to consider that and think about that. So uh, like I said, I don't know how they found out. Um, it's hard to say. But then the other thing is his victims themselves. Those who were attacked or, or he, was, he exposed himself to and all these different things, those who he hurt are hurting due to this poor behavior and sin. And what's sad about this is that so many people have walked away from the church and have walked away from the faith because people in these positions, these lofty positions who preach the gospel, uh, fail. They fail miserably. And it's hard because what ends up happening, that's why we as leaders have to be so careful. We have to constantly be thinking about, okay, am I going to hurt somebody through this? And granted, if it's not an actual biblical moral issue, you know, that should be something that you take a little less seriously. But the thing is, what we need to think about is that when it comes to these moral issues, so many leaders misguide people because once they fail in these moral areas, it makes people doubt their entire faith. Was everything fake? Was that person a fraud? Was everything they said fake? Can I trust anything that they said now? Now suddenly that person is questioning everything that they've been taught by that particular minister. And I I'm going to touch on that here in a minute on how we cannot fall into that. But I think that's an important thing that we should talk about. So those, his other victims also are those who are like us, who, who looked up to his ministry. So those who are hurt uh, by this, or their faith had been, has been damaged. And many people have walked away from the faith, like I said, because of similar things, where leaders, because of their poor behavior, helped shipwreck someone's faith. But here's the thing. This is why you can't idolize people, and this is why you shouldn't look to people for your answers, uh, solely your answers. Like, you shouldn't go to them for, you know, your faith is not, should not have been in Ravi Zacharias. Your faith is in Jesus Christ. So this should not hurt your faith, because even though Ravi failed you, Jesus hasn't. And yes, even if he was two-faced or if he was like, you know, just struggling with the temptation or whatever, whatever this situation, how it went down, it doesn't matter as long as you are, your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You should not allow this to affect you that way. The where it does matter is thinking of the victims and then thinking on how we can avoid this sort of thing in the future. And this sort of thing is a warning to us ministers. I mean, think about this. This happened after he, he died. So, it's one of those things where we have to think about like everything we do in our life could eventually come back and end up just marring our entire life's testimony. A small moment of misconduct, and it sounds like this was multiple times over multiple years, but just one moment of misconduct could destroy your entire ministry. That is what made the whole situation with um, John Chris actually really interesting, which was, of course, he's a Christian comedian, and come to find out, he propositioned women. And when this came out, instead of hiding, he actually issued a statement and basically repented in front of the entire world, and then he stepped away for a long time uh, because he knew he had failed. And that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I was disgusted with your behavior, but now I'm impressed because it's showing the fact that there's a level of correction and humility. And as Christians, we ought to be okay with that. We ought to encourage repentance, and we ought to encourage that grace be shown as long as the person is meaningfully repentant of their sin. Of course, this situation is different, though, because he's passed, so it's, we, it's hard to navigate that. But here's the thing. Now I wanted to address. So obviously, we need to think about the victims, and we need to be praying for the victims. We need to be praying for the family. We need to be praying for people who are going to be genuinely hurt, and their faith is going to be genuinely, deeply affected by this. Pray that they put their faith and trust in Jesus more, that they don't sit there and just completely uh, put 
just put all, they have put their faith so much in him that they have failed. Uh, and they end up walking away from God. But the other thing I want to talk about is, is the truth. So people go, yeah, but he changed. How could this be true? He changed my entire life. Like Ravi changed my life with the gospel and now come to find out he couldn't live up to his own words. And this is a reality that we all need to face. None of us can live up to God's law. None of us can live up to a sinless life. That's the point of the gospel. So when you're going, oh my goodness, he failed us. Yes, of course he failed you. Now, of course, do we wish it was less abhorrent? Do we wish it was less um, maybe revolting? Absolutely. But people fail. And that's why we can't have our trust in people. And the other thing is to consider is, why did it, his, his words change your life? Well, it's because they weren't his words. He actually was preaching and teaching the truth of Jesus. And this is why I say on this channel, and this is one of the most important things, uh, if you guys are listening to the church split, I want you guys to understand why I say this, that all truth is God's truth. When you understand the power of the truth, and I say this all the time, that truth is the most important thing in a Christian life. So which means the truth of his misconduct is just as important as the truth of somebody's good life. These things are important because truth is freeing. It, it, it binds us because we, have to be, we can no longer live in a lie, but it frees us because we're actually able to interact with reality properly because now we are believing and pursuing something that is true and not a falsehood. Truth cuts through those things. Truth is the most important thing out of Christian, in the Christian's life. Why? I mean, Jesus even said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, the re and some people go, no, no, love is the most important thing in the Christian life. But think about this for a second. To say that love is the most important thing in a Christian's life is a truth statement, is a truth claim. You're saying it is true that love is the most important thing. That's what you're saying. So which means that truth is at the center of it all. Truth is at the center of the Christian life. Why is this important? That I, why am I talking about this? Because his words, even though marred with uh, poor behavior, marred with irresponsibility, marred with sexual misconduct, it does not remove the truth of his words. And that's what's cool about the truth. It's powerful because you can look at someone who has completely failed and still go, that part's true, that part's false. That part is true, that and good, that part is false and evil. And that is the whole point. If truth is free. And so when people go, well, I can I have to throw away all my Ravi books. Look, you can if you choose to, okay? You could go, oh, I can never take a word seriously that he ever said. You could choose to, sure. But it doesn't, but the moral argument doesn't change, nor does the truth in his statements change just because he chose to live a lie. Does that make sense? Because all truth is God's truth, which means if it's spoken by a saint or it's spoken by a wretch, it is still the truth. And that's why I say all the time, I shouldn't be bothered if an eight-year-old kid corrects me as long as the eight-year-old kid is true. He's speaking truth. He's being honest. And he is right. I have been corrected by people before who are younger than me or even less smart than me in certain areas. But that doesn't mean that they, they suddenly don't have access to the truth. I've known people who have committed horrible atrocities who somehow find a way to speak truth once in a while. And you can say a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while or whatever, but it doesn't take away from that. See, so guys, when we're talking about this, don't be, I want to encourage Christians to not shy away from the truth of, of, of people when they fail. Like just because they have failed you does not mean that suddenly all their words are null and void. 
It might mean that you have changed your perspective on that person, but not necessarily what they have said, everything that they have said. But also, it means that you need to be careful who we allow in lofty positions, and we need to pray for leaders, because once you're in prominent positions, it becomes a lot easier to access sin. So we need to be praying for them, and then also we need, a, we need accountability. And I, I can't push this enough. We need more accountability in higher leadership because people are people and people are going to fail. And so if we have more accountability in there and we find better fail-safes to keep this sort of thing from happening, we might actually be able to not be constantly dealing with scandals every, left and, every time, left and right and all that. So let's keep that, let's keep our heads on straight. But guys, the other thing I wanted to mention was us again, Pray for the family. Pray for the victims. I can't imagine that what the victims felt like after, for years and years seeing this man present the gospel. Meanwhile, they know what he's like behind closed doors. And even his friends seemed like they were surprised. Like this was something he kept a, a deep secret. So pray for these people. And guys, don't let this moment of a man failing you shipwreck your faith from Jesus who has never failed you. And don't let a one man's wretched behavior suddenly fool you into believing that you can't believe a single word for that entire ministry or any or all the words are null and void. They're not, okay? One man might be a liar, one man might live falsely, but it does not necessarily mean that not everything he said was a lie. See, sometimes, I say this all the time, which is funny, when we're watching movies, like on HBO sometimes, it's amazing how sometimes they land on the truth by accident. Uh, even when they're wretched. So for example, uh, there is that movie, that show, it's a miniseries, uh, Chernobyl. If you've ever watched Chernobyl, you know it's very gruesome. It's like five episodes, very gruesome. Um, there is some adult kind of content, so be careful, but there's a moment, you know HBO is very like liberal, so therefore they're very pro-choice, very pro-abortion. And one of the interesting things that happened on there was uh, they were saying that anyone who was in the Chernobyl accident, these men, no family, no one could visit them because because uh, the radiation from the people who are exposed to it would pass on to the person that they're in contact with. Well, this wife sneaks in because her husband's in there and she wanted to tell him that she was pregnant. And there was this funny moment where she goes in there, she's with him, and every single time she touched him, like the camera would zoom on, zoom up where she was touching, like his arm or something, and it would make like some music, like some like suspense, like duh, because you know radiation is being passed. And then there's one part where she grabs his hand and she puts it on her belly, and it really goes, oh my goodness, she just passed the radiation onto her child. And it's all like, duh, duh, duh. And it's, just, it's trying to portray this like, look how serious this is. Her child now is getting radiation poisoning and is going to die because of her not listening to the doctors. And of course, I couldn't help but find the irony in it when I was watching. I'm like, that was one of the most pro-life scenes you could have. Because you're saying that that's a, that, that's a child that has value, not just a clump of cells that doesn't have value. And so it's funny that these people still stumbled on the truth, even though they <laughs> never would have but on purpose. Because people, the truth is the truth, and people are going to be gravitated toward the truth no matter what. And so it's funny how God's truth sometimes punches through things, even when the people who are producing something, who are speaking something, might not actually live up to that very truth that they've stumbled across. So anyway, that's the point of this, okay? So guys, do not get all caught up in this uh, and get super down and depressed. Remember the fact that we serve God, not man. We look up to his faithfulness to us, not man's faithfulness to us. Thank goodness we don't look up to man's faithfulness to us because ma mankind fails all the time. So consider that 
pray for our leaders, pray for the victims. And guys, um, when the, all this is said and done, just let it rest and just know the fact that it's okay. We can move on for the gospel of Christ. And you know what? He failed us and many other people are going to fail. And that, that's it. There's no reason for us to get more worked up about it than we need. So anyway, guys, thank you for watching. If you haven't already, like and sub to the channel. Uh, leave us a review if you're listening on audio. And guys, thank you for tuning in to The Church Split.